Hey guys, welcome to Talking Strongman. I have a strongman legend with me today. The very first winner of World's Strongest Man, two times winner of World's Strongest Man, Mr. Bruce Wilhelm. Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. So as I just said in the introduction there, you are the first man to ever win the World's Strongest Man title. That's a, a pretty amazing achievement to to be to say you were the first that you know led the way of this this sport that there's so many people are into now it's growing all the time it's getting bigger and bigger uh but you are you are the man that started it all off yeah it's it's kind of true and it's actually amazing that uh, beside the fact that i won it is the fact that uh how it came about because uh, you know everyone always wonders how does this really start and i didn't i didn't expect to be in it i was you know i was training for the olympic list because yeah, I went to uh, Montreal in 76, and then I was I was training for the World Championships. And a friend of mine, a fraternity brother, uh, called me up, and he was telling me they were putting a show together for TWI, Trans World International. And so he said, uh, you know all these strong guys. Could you, could you help us find guys? And I says, oh, sure. And so he would call me, you know, a couple times a month, three times. And he told me, yeah, we're going to do it, you know, guys. And I gave him the aims. I told him put – Terry Todd, maybe Paul Anderson would be one, Ken Patera. So I just started a name. I says, you could put Vasily Alexiev down if we could get the Russians. Uh, I mean, I says, there's all kinds of strong guys. You'd want to get it from a weightlifting and powerlifting. Uh, you know, I, I said, I don't think there's other guys that really cut it. You know, you hear about all, all these other Angus McCaskill stories, you know, carrying a 1,700-pound anchor and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, that's how it actually started, and then they narrowed it down. And then uh, they called me up, and I, I met the guy that was kind of like putting the show together, this guy named Jerry Adler. And, um, you know, then they were going over the list of uh, competitors, and uh, then they went through it. And, you know, it was like it was Ken Patera. It was uh, Bob Young, who I knew, uh, played pro football. And then there was uh, 14 years all pro or something, which meant nothing to me. And uh, I knew his brother, who was a powerlifter, so I figured he was fairly strong. But he was a shot putter. Then there was uh, Lou Fregno, who I thought was a joke. I don't know what the hell he was doing in it, you know. The Hulk, that was the deal. And then um, then there was, uh, who else? Oh, yeah, there was Fregno, me, Bob Young. Oh, yeah, and then I actually made a list trying to remember who the other guys were. Uh, let me get it, you know, because I, I, I kind of hadn't thought about it. But it was Franco Colombo, who I couldn't understand was possibly in it because he was, you know, so small. And he was way, way, you know, out of his class, even though they claimed all these fantastic lists from George Friend and a guy named Jack. And I can't remember his last name. He was because he had strong forearms and they said he was good. And it says my internet connection is unstable, but we'll keep going. Ivan Putsky also. Ivan Putsky, yep. Yeah. Was, was he and a wrestler? So that's kind of kind of the list and then Steve Marjanian and uh, a guy that was a wrestler I can't remember his name he weighed about 450 500 uh, Chris Chris Taylor I think that was yeah Chris Taylor on the Olympic team and that was the list of candidates but my name wasn't in there until they told me I was in it which surprised me and uh, that's how it started and then he sent a booklet out showing you the different lifts you know and what was going to be expected and so I, and, and of course I was an amateur athlete under the AAU rules and there's no way I could compete. Uh, but they said, if I gave them, everyone was guaranteed $2,000 just for showing up. Okay. And so that if I just gave them the $2,000 and, 
you know, not thinking, you know, I'd do anything in a contest. Uh, you know, I said, fine. And it was, it was a good exposure, but I knew I wasn't at my best because I was coming off an injury where I tore a vasus and turned us twice in two weeks, uh, clean and jerking uh, 474, 215 kilos. So I just says, I just go along for the ride. And that, that's how it started with me. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've watched the the, the seventy seven world strongest man, and I obviously, you know, having you on, I'm probably going to pick your brain a little on it. But you, you kind of you went through so much then, anyway. But I, I really wanted to. So you, you at first they just used you more as an advisor to to find athletes. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's incredible. I, mean, I I had no idea. I mean, I I didn't. To tell you the truth, I didn't think I was really. You know, at that time, good enough. I mean, you know, I was, I was strong. There's no question. But I mean, you know, like Patera was kind of like an idol of mine. He was ungodly strong. And uh, George Friend, who I didn't like at all. You know, he I've seen him do his squats and stuff. And I and I was friends with him at one time. And uh, you know, and the other guys, Bob Young. I didn't. You know, I mean, a nice guy. I as it turned out, uh, they were all pretty nice guys. <laughs> Uh, and but you know when I'm there I'm there to compete so I'm not over there handing patty cake patty cake you know sure. yelling come on do it you know when I'm there to kick ass and, and that's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little different than most people I guess like that I guess things have changed in this new society. Well, I think it, it all depends on the individual. You get some people that are, uh, you know, their laser vision, and it's all about winning when you're in a competition. I think all of us who compete, if we're not there to win, then why, why are we turning up? It's you know, I it, wonder that sometimes myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after the first event, which, you know, we all saw what the event was and they, they laid the tools out so you could see and you could look at it, you know, for the, the first day. And, the, and, Harold, and you know, they had a really a hell of a cast of characters. Harold Conley was one of the guys involved in actually uh, producing and making the program. And then they had Tommy Kono, who was uh, one of the referees, you know, uh, eight times world champion. And uh, then they had, uh, I'm just trying to think who the other one was. They had, uh, I think Def Hatfield was there as a referee who was a power lifter. You know, I think Paul, Paul Anderson was there, wasn't he? Yeah, Paul, I mean, was, who? Paul Anderson was involved as well, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yes. He was the commissioner of power, yeah. of which I became later. You yeah, know, that's and, right. Uh, in fact, uh, it's just funny, you know, Anderson was weighing maybe 375, 380. And it was so hot when we were doing this. It was like 108 degrees at uh you know the studios in uh, where we we're at and uh you know it was outdoors and and uh his daughter passed out paula and so anderson had dislocated had a dislocated hips both of them and he's kind of walking funny but uh she was laying on the ground i went over and picked her up and and took her over to him yeah i can show that yeah and i and i uh, and i actually you know, took her, took her over to Anderson and, uh, you know, and he says, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and all this bless the Lord and stuff. And, and then his wife was there. And then, uh, I mean, I just thought anybody would have done it. Sure. When I wrote an article later about, you know, just before he died, uh, I was one hours with him and I wrote the, you know, Paul Anderson story for uh, Iron Mind magazine. But, uh, you know, it's just something yeah, he never forgot. And his wife remembered it, too. So That's it was, nice. it's kind of nice. But uh, it was hot, I can tell you that. 
Well, what world's other str- questions? World's, world's strongest man has been to some ridiculously hot, uh, hot countries over the years. I know what it's like to compete in the, the hot weather. One thing I did want to ask is, is how long the actual contest took place for? Because, I, you know, we, we hear different rumors, and, and I know how Worlds has, com- has been structured while I've been competing. But, um, you know, the TV show made it look like you did one, one or two events a week. Um, yeah, but, but, I'm, but I'm, yeah, I'm. It was five days we did it. Uh, what? Do, how do we do it? It seemed, yeah, we, it was over five days. We do a certain amount of events and a day off, certain amount of events, and then we finish it up. But uh, it was uh, it was compressed. That's for sure. Yeah, they they made it so it could be. I think it was ten weeks on television. Is what they yeah, did. That's and, how they. And really, really the the show because I I do know because I was told by you know my fraternity friend Jerry Butts. Uh, who was one of the guys that put the show together that uh, they were, if this show did well, that they were going to renew it for the next year. And that uh, then they would uh, try to go full blown on it. And so the, the show did go well, you know, and of course I, as much as I hate to say it, it had to do with me, you know, cause my mouth, <laughs> but, uh, you know, well, you need, tell you? You, you need a good champion to, to entertain the, the people watching in the crowd. So with the um, the first World's Strongest Man, I want you to talk to me talk to me about the events that they did. What events did you enjoy? Because I think there was ten events. Uh, um, the first world. Yeah, there was. There was. The, the, in fact, I was trying to remember all of them. The first one was the beer keg press, and that 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 was kind of hard to believe, you know, because we looked at it when they showed us the beer keg, and it was maybe was at about one hundred and thirty pounds of weight or something on it, and. You know, it was no big deal. I just flipped it up because that's like just using a heavy dumbbell. But you had to—you had nothing to grip it with. It looked you had awkward. To, you know, grip it by the gunnels on the side. And then the, there was this lead shot that was in it with water, and of course, it would slosh around. So it appeared that it would be easy to lift until you tried to turn it over. Because what you're supposed to do is like a two hands, anyhow, basically, is what it turned into. Yeah, I just kind of like just pulled it up to my chest. And uh, then I just shoved it overhead, and uh, it was it was I thought it was supposed to be a press, but it turns out it was jerk press. It was like any any way you could get it over your head, you could tip it on its side or whatever. So it was pretty easy the first round for everybody, but at two hundred, you know, surprising some people couldn't do it, and uh, it was even more surprising at two and a quarter where they couldn't do it. Now, the guy that I expected to win, it was Ken Patera, you know, because he'd pressed over 500. I'd seen him. I just trained with him. I saw him press 555 off the rack. So what can I say? You know, I figured he'd blow through 300. But when we hit 250, there was only one guy that could do it. That was a little old weak me. And it was amazing because I, I, I missed it a couple of times, you know, where I dropped it because I was blacking out. And I think I had uh, just, just a few seconds left. It gave you 60 seconds to do it in, and I made it. You know, I, 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 just, I just just kind of power cleaned it and uh, growled and screamed and yelled and, uh, and put it over my head. And from that moment on, I thought to myself, these guys, they're not in good shape. Not that I'm in the best shape, but I'm going to kick their ass. You know? <laughs> Did I- then my whole attitude kind of like changed. You uh, gone, You I, went from I'm, I'm here to have some fun to we go to the next one, and everybody had their little excuse, you know. <laughs> yeah. You obviously the switch went on. You were like, I can, I, I can win this now. Yeah, no, no, it did. It, it, when I saw it, because you know, here's guys that you know I'd known for years, and guys that were strong, and I, I knew what they lifted, 
And so I expected, you know, you know, I, I, I thought for sh surely we'd do 300 pounds, but the thing is that, that, that was so tricky. It was so unstable, Yeah, you know, and, and you couldn't, you couldn't control it. Yeah, it was tough. I, it was, I think it was much better than they went to the log, you know, and of course the wheels, wheels would have been even better, you know, like I guess they did later, but it was, uh, it was good. No, it, it, yeah, I think for, for a weightlifter as well. I mean, you, you're probably just used to cleaning a barbell. So something like that with water kind of sloshing around in there, or the, the lead pellets and stuff, it, it does make it. I mean, what, what, what was your PB uh, clean and jerk? Best clean and jerk, 496. So 496, nearly, nearly 500 pounds. And, and you won this event with, with 200 and something, was it? 250. Yeah. But I power cleaned uh, 468. You know where you where you just do a slight dip because I and I'm sure I, I I could probably power clean almost as much as I could squat clean because my legs were never my strong point. Yeah. I had a strong back, you know, and, and a good pull. But uh, I mean, Patera yeah, had done over 500, and these other guys that deadlifted three or four guys had done uh, 800, 800 plus. So yeah. it was, uh, and, and those guys. Couldn't he, and then you had a guy that was the world record holder in the shot put outdoors, uh, Brian Old. No, that was the next year. Yeah, Oldfield was the next year. But there, there were some strong guys in there. So it was kind of surprising, you know. But, you know, just uh, it, it just happened to be my day, and I, and I was able to handle it probably a little better than other people because I did do overhead lifting. Do you think that um, Olympic background really helped for the for the strong? I, I you tend to find, I think, Olympic lifters cross over a little bit better than power lifters sometimes. With them, um, they're, they're yes. a little bit more functionally strong rather than just being brutally strong in squat, bench, and deadlift. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, like I never really practiced a deadlift much, but I could do well over 700 pounds. You know, I started out as a kid, of course, you know, doing the deadlift because there wasn't a lot of places that had an Olympic bar. But the, the, the thing is that the Olympic lifting, if you have any kind of speed and mobility, you know, you have lateral motion, forward motion, you got to, you got to be fast, explosive, get under the weight. And I, I think it makes a, a big, it's not like a grinding movement, you know, it's more like an explosive movement. And that's where my shot putting background came in. Cause I was a shot putter before I was a, yeah. a weightlifter. So, you know, it wasn't like I, like I wasn't, and I, I was, I was pretty good in the shop, but I was ranked in the top, top 10 in the world for five years between 69 and 73 you know and, uh, i mean i was always a bridesmaid you know i never made uh, an olympic team because i was an alternate but you know, it kind of irritated me but weightlifting was like falling off a log you know because it's you and the weight you don't have some referee saying well, we're going to take three guys this time and we'll take you next time or something the best is the one that goes on the trip and and i i do think the olympic lifting would help and it would help because uh, I, I always noticed with the powerlifters, you know, the guys that I've seen, and I've seen plenty of them, you know, they're, they're more like, like real thick and real heavy and strong, but kind of like slow. Although um, this guy, uh, Eddie Hall, I've watched him. My kid's big on, was big on him. And uh, I kind of like the beast, you know. <laughs> I you like the, the attitude. Well, the guy, the guy's a performer, you yeah. know. Part of the whole thing on this world's strongest man is performance. A lot of guys can't talk, or you know, they, uh, 
oh yeah, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here today. This is wonderful competing. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> well, talking of that attitude then, I want to ask you one of the, you know, someone to modern strongman is, is a real kind of, you know, huge name in strongman is Bill Kazmaier. And sure. obviously he came a few years after you. Do you remember early Kaz and, and what he was I like? Remember, I remember him well. Yeah, I was commissioner of power at, uh, you know, the when he actually, when he won it, I think it was 80. Yeah. He became commissioner of power in 78. I mean, let me see. I won it 70, 77, 70, 79. I was commissioner, 80 and 81. Yeah, I think Kazmaier, I think when he was younger, he was a little immature, you know. Because I, I wasn't a big fan of his. I was when he was kind of coming up, but, you know, he, he seemed to act like he really believed he was the world's strongest man. And, you know, you're the world's strongest man that day at that competition. Sure. And I do know that when he, you know, he, he tried out for football, I heard from guys that, you know, he didn't like getting hit. And then he went into wrestling, and I know tons of guys in wrestling. And he didn't didn't make the cut there, you know. So, I mean, he stayed where he was, but I, I can't believe he's still as heavy as he is. Uh, Health-wise, I don't think it would be all that good. But he was definitely, he was physique-wise. I think probably him and Pujanowski and uh, John Paul Sigmerson, uh, I think that the, the guy that died from the heart attack, those guys, I mean, they were built physically, you know I mean? They, they, like a giant bodybuilder. Oh, know? yeah. And I'm that was impressive. Uh, Kaz, when you look at him, when you see those images of him, his shoulders and his traps, he, he looks like the world's strongest man, particularly, yeah. you know, back in the day. But, um, you know, take me to coming back as defending champion in uh, 78. That was the, the second one. Did you feel, because yeah. you said, you said like 70, uh, 77, you, you know, there wasn't, you hadn't trained properly for it. You weren't in your best shape. How did you feel 78 going in as the world's strongest man? Did you feel pressure to, to, win again and, and defend the championships? Yeah, there, there was a lot of pressure. But, you know, let's let's go back to 77 for a second because I was so far ahead in 77, I didn't have to do the last three events. And so when Brent Musburger uh, said, well, how do you think you're going to do in the next event? I said, I'm not going to do anything. I mean, I've already got a one. These guys can never catch me. Yeah. And they said, well, that's not the spirit of competition, you know. And I was thinking to myself, ah, Jesus, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Because, you know, I, I mean, it was slowed up because I already won enough events where I had the point total. Yeah. So going into 78, uh, actually, after 77, I took a little rest. And then I uh, I started training, you know, I started firing up the training for the World Championships in Stuttgart in 77. And uh, it was, I think it was in, uh, no, no, it wasn't November. It was in uh, September, late September. And I didn't have a lot of time. And I started to have an issue with my elbow and an issue with my right knee. I, the other knee, the left knee, I blew it out during the Olympics in 76. Uh, so I, I was, as 78, as an Olympic lifting year went th for me, you know, because I, I did well through 77. The world, CBS had a record makers in Vegas. I snatched the American record 402 and a quarter. So I, 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 my, my lifting was going well, but the cleaning wasn't because the elbow wouldn't collapse. Okay. So, you know, it made it hard to clean because you just couldn't rack the weight because you couldn't get it up. So going into 78, I had a lot of problems in uh, lifting meets. Then when I bombed at the nationals in June, 
you know, they've been talking all along about doing the strongman contest and I didn't want to do it. And the reason I didn't want to do it is because I didn't want to get my ass kicked. That's a, cause everyone was laying for me, you know, from yeah. the year before, plus everybody that I knew was training on it. You know, they actually had the implements. I know Reinhardt did. And I know George friend did because I went over to a buddy of mine, Pat Casey, the guy bench 600 and uh, you know, friend would work out at his place and, They'd have the refrigerator and they, they'd do. I just couldn't see a waste of my time, you know, picking up a refrigerator and walking 10 feet with it. And so I just did Olympic training, nothing else but Olympic training. Yeah. And uh, a few benches and heavy incline dumbbell presses. So 78, the elbow was bothering me and I, I didn't want to do it. I wanted 35,000 bucks to come back to be as a winner. I said, you know, I don't want to have to deal with anything. I'll, I'll do the show for you, 35 grand payment. Well, they didn't want to pay me the 35 grand, obviously. Yeah. But they wanted me in the show, so they, they uh, made an agreement that they would uh, get me uh, some TV commercials and stuff like that, you know. So I, that, and that, that actually worked out even better than the 35 grand. Okay. You know, like going to a light beer and, you know, doing then And of course, going to the TV announcing, which is really a lovely, lovely way to make money. Yeah. Well, I, I really wasn't keen, and I heard Reinhardt was all huffing and puffing, the best shape ever, and all this stuff. So I said, big deal. So, you know, and then, of course, Lars Hedlund, who was a total animal, total nutcase. The guy's off the wall, smoking in between the lifts, you know, and then taking oxygen. I, I never seen anything like it. And <laughs> Gus Reswish, another guy that it was, was totally crazy, you know, just totally crazy, but a great lifter, you know. Yeah. So, and those guys were all training for it. And I hadn't, I, I, I'd had these little injuries and, uh, you know, I just was like, oh, God, I don't want to do it. But then I decided, okay, okay, I'll do it. You know, what the hell? I can't be worse than last, right? And so that, that meet started. And, of course, I started out pretty good, you know, and I did more in the beer cake press than the year before, but Ryan now beat me. Yeah. And so in each of the events as we went through them, you know, Don was either close to me or ahead of me. And so then, uh, and this went on through the whole thing. So I didn't want to do it, but you know, then I'm in, it's too late. And then of course, you know, the, the, the actual apex of the whole thing was when we did the uh, tug of war at the end. And of course, who do I get? I get those two lump heads. So I got Reinhardt and I got Lars Hedlund. Now Lars Hedlund was strong and he was a wild man. Yeah. And so when we started and, and in the tug of war, the problem that I have is I, I have fairly strong biceps. And so instead of doing the tug of war right, where you have the rope around you and you keep backing up, I'd be pulling it in with my arms, you know. And then Lars would jerk it and pull back, and then he'd take out the slack, which is six feet. Because we went the full the full time limit on it. And I'm telling you, I was gassed. Yeah. I thought I wouldn't even be able to do the final, honest to God. You know, they had to kind of hold it up for about 15, 20 minutes. And then, of course, Brent Musburger was running around pumping Reinhardt because Reinhardt kept saying, Oh, I'm so happy to be here with all these guys. Oh, this is so wonderful being here. Oh, these are great competitors, you know, friends of mine. I'm thinking of this guy so full of <laughs> and, and and then comes that last event right before the event. And you know, I've been calling him a beached whale. I'm gonna harpoon his ass, you know, and cut him up for blubber, you know, and all that, you know. And that rattled him, you know. It yeah. really and here's a guy that we used to be friends, and I think we are now after I, you know, got him in the AOBS and, and wrote a story on him. And so all these guys get shook up by the talk, you know. Yeah. But I'd get that from the wrestling deal, you know. I was thinking about going to pro wrestling. And, and these guys just, they, they would scramble easy. 
And so I remember he went to Musburger and he said, well, now we're going we're gonna to see who's a, the, the man, you or me. You've been talking about how I'm a beach whale. Well, we'll see how this comes out. And so he was good. He was good. Yeah. But he made a fatal mistake. Everyone says that I jumped the whistle. I did not jump the whistle because Tom, Tommy Kono had dropped the flag. What I did was Reinhardt fell back and he pulled me. And I moved forward because he outweighed me about 30 pounds. But, you know, Don's a little slow. And so... I gave him a little jerk to the side and I pulled his ass across the winners, you know, the, the line and I yeah. won it. And, and, and uh, everyone was screaming and yelling and I was, you know, victory is, and, you know, I run around jumping up and down. Yeah. I, I had a great time. Yeah. I love winning. I was, that, was that second win? Did that mean more to you? Cause obviously, you know, people always say in sport, you can do something once it's, you know, it can be a fluke. Yeah. And obviously much, a much closer battle this time around as well. Oh, it's just a couple. It was, I had to win it to win. Yeah. You know, that's how close it was. No, he, he was, you know, because Don, you know, just so you have a comparison. So he was, He said he was a shot putter is what he told me. I, I never heard of him because I always followed because I was California State High School champion. And I mean, I was internationally ranked. So everyone's a 60 footer, right? You know, which is 18, 18 meters, I guess. 19 meters to 62.4. They're kind of in that range because, you know, who, I mean, there's 100 guys that can do it. So, I mean, he was saying that he'd, he'd thrown 59 or 65. I never heard of it. But if he did, he would have had more lateral motion, more athletic ability, blah, 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 is the way I looked at it. And so I knew that I'd thrown close to 68 feet. So I've, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, I, it wasn't I didn't consider him a good athlete. You know, I mean, he, he was, to me, he was a power lifter. In fact, when he was just coming up, I wrote a, a big article on him uh, for Iron Mind, uh, for Iron Man, for Perry Raider, because I just did it because I like, you know, I was, I was a, before I became a strength athlete, I was a huge fan of Olympic lifting and powerlifting. I mean, I, I mean, I never even thought about making an Olympic team in the, you know, weightlifting. I, my, my dream was if I could do the shot put, and it was only as I got better and as my, my uh, experience grew. And, uh, you know, this winning thing became obsessive because I was the same in wrestling. You know, it, uh, it just, I didn't like losing. And, you know, I could be dying and I would, I, if I would die before I'd give in. It's like I was doing a treadmill test, you know, with a cardiology guy. And the, the woman says, can you keep going? I said, I'll go till I drop. <laughs> it's, it's that winner's mentality though, isn't it? I think uh, if you know, if you know good athletes, they they will, and they, you make everything competitive. Just even like even just things with your 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 siblings or you know on the way up, your wife or whoever it might be, everything becomes a competition. Yeah, well, we, in a way, because I got a brother, a younger brother than me, and uh, he's an attorney, you know, licensed to steal and cheat. But the thing is, he was a hell of a shot putter. Actually, he threw a little farther than I did, and he decided he wanted to make money, not be you know strong man or whatever on a weightlifting store like I did. But, uh, you know, he, he went into that. He could have been, a, he could have been on an Olympic team, you know, he could have been the world's strongest man, you know? So it's, it just, but I, I, you're like, you're saying it's true. I don't like losing, not even today. If some darts, I just don't like it, you know? 
I'm I think, sure you don't either. I, I, I hate losing. Yeah, and, and I'm exactly the same. You know, I've got a younger brother. We were always competitive as kids. Even my father, you know, to the point of he would cheat against us in board games to win. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. is it, I think when you're an athlete, mo certainly most athletes, if you're competitive, doesn't matter what you do. You just want to win. And, and you know, someone like yeah, yourself. I, I, but some are more aggressive, you know. I've, yeah, I've been told I'm hyper-aggressive. Well, well I've, I've I've kind of mellowed out though since, since since my marriage and I got a couple of kids, you know. And you you know you kind of mellow as you get older. Sure, <laughs> I think um, we, yeah, we all do. But you know, I, I, I'm I'm not the sort of aggressive in your face. But there is that quiet confidence. I'm like, I look at the next guy, like, there's no way this bastard's beating me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you 100%. <laughs> so I want to go back to the very beginning for you then, because you, you started, um, well, you've, you've done a lot of sports, to be fair to you. You've been, and I think it goes back to that competitiveness. doesn't matter what you do, you, you want to be good at it. But, That's right. uh, you know, weightlifting was sort of, your weight. I guess, weightlifting and, and shot put were your main things. But you, you competed in the Olympics for weightlifting, I believe. Yeah. That's, uh, I got a silver medal and snatched, tied for third, lost on body weight. <clears throat> And uh, it, that was a big, a big moment. And actually, actually, you know, and when you when you look back, that that bothered me for a couple of years that I didn't get third place straight out because we're all the same, right? And it went by body weight, and it was only a couple pounds. And the guy that you know, if we'd just taken two and a half kilos, you know, more to open with instead of lighter. I mean, it would have, the guy never would have caught me, couldn't have done it. You know, I would have won it straight out third place to win the Olympics. You know, you know, I, I love to say, and, and that's why I say world's strongest man, you know, I mean, let's not get carried away. Alexiev, you know, from Russia and uh, he won 72 and uh, he won 76. He, he did something that was incredible when he went from 507 pounds to 562 pounds on his second attempt. In the clean and jerk. That's just ridiculous. Now, the snatch, I could kind of hang with him. You know, I was closer to him. He did 407. I did 380. The next year, I did uh, 402 and a quarter. Miss, I'll just missed 407. I thought I'd break a world record in a snatch. Yeah, 77 worlds because he pressed out all three snatches, but they gave it to him. Okay. You know, so that would have moved me up even more. So I, I, I th I think when I think back about about the the lifting, it was it was a great release because it was just me and the bar, you know. And that that's that's what I, the shot put kind of you know, but they could mismeasure it or you know. There's a lot of poli Unfortunately, there's a lot, a lot of politics, especially Olympic Committee sports, you know, where the Olympic Committee's in it. You know, like they wouldn't let us have our personal coaches in 76. So we ran a little boycott, you know, of the nine guys on the team seven said, we'll walk if we can't have our personal coaches. Why couldn't we have, you know, the rules allowed it. You know, and Colonel Miller was pretty cool about it. And he said, yeah, I was spokesman for the team. And everybody said, that's a good idea. Because, you know, you want your coach with your well, coach. If, someone, if someone's helped you get to a certain level and they know you better than anyone else, that, that you, you, you want that familiarization around you when you're, you're competing at the highest level. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Yeah. So was World Strongest Man 78 your last competitive contest? You know, I'm not just talking strongman, but but 
with anything or did you compete again after that well actually it was the last competitive contest for anything except when i did the uh I did a Miller Lite deal. I won their all-stars deal, you know, with all of the uh, all-star celebrities. That was a piece of cake, though. I ate them alive. Yeah, yeah 1980, I wanted to go to the Olympics. That was, you know, I figured I could, uh, I, I, I had a, you know, I, I thought if I progressed that I could get my weight and keep my weight at about, you know, right around 338 to 350 in that range. You know, not having a lot of grease on you, a lot of fat, but being really in, in a super shape. That uh, you know, I could, I may not win, but I sure as hell could give them a run for the money. But you know, hey, when you do the best you can with what you got, that's it. You know, and I was just breaking down, and you know, once you start breaking down, I mean, everything goes. You know, yeah, it just follows. You know, because you put more pressure on one side than the other, and then all of a sudden you got a knee problem. And so I've had plenty of surgeries. So it was kind of, it was it. It took a long time for me to get over that, you know, not to be able to compete. Like I was fairly good size, you know, when you're 300 pounds, 340, that's good size, especially when I felt good and I was, you know, I just felt good. But as you get older, you got to change and you got to, you know, you, you can't jump to every challenge. Sure. And so times change, but I was a little slow changing with that, you know, and it was, it was hard, you know, but then uh, by, by two, by 1984, I got my weight down to 264 and a half, 120 kilograms to win a bet, you know, because I'd, I'd hovered around 300 with always kind of thinking, well, maybe I'll go up and hit a lift or, you know. It's, I, think, I think it's a hard thing to do as an athlete, to, especially a strength athlete, because you're known for your strength and your size. So then to, to bring that, you know, body weight down and, and you know, focus on something different, it's, it's mentally very, very difficult. Yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, people look at me now. I look in the mirror in the morning. I go, hey, where's Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> you look yeah. back at, do you, do you look back at the, the old videos and the lifting and World's Strongest Man and stuff and, and you got fond memories yeah, of it? I don't like to do that too much because then all of a sudden I get kind of jacked up, you know, and then I want to go out <laughs> and train. And I still like to work out, you know. I mean, I love it, you know. I mean, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it sounds stupid at this age, but... I just happen to like it, and I got Jim in my house. And, you know, what can I say? I mean, when, you know, I, I I probably will die with weights. You know, so what's, what's your, what kind I of training do you do now? Bench and get crushed. Yeah. Well, well right you... now I got to be careful. Knee surgery. What I used to do, or not used to, but I did until a few months ago, about five months ago, was uh, I would do uh, I would do benches, incline dumbbell. Uh, benches. I had to be careful with the bench because I had surgery for shoulder replacement. So I went to the dumbbells, you know, and I was at, at a, say around 200, 210, I was handling, you know, between 70 and 98 to 10 reps, which is not a lot. But when I've I'd done in the past uh, 207 uh, pounds in, in each hand, you know, for uh, five reps on the incline bench. And, you know, because I saw Casey had done 220 and and I thought if Pat Casey can do 20, I should be able to get close to it. You know, the trick is you got to take it off the rack yourself, not have it handed to you. And yeah. then you have to kick them up. You know, the handing them to you, I mean, it's that, that wouldn't be such a difficult thing. So, Actually, I mean, yeah. I would do those. And, you know, and, 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 and then the angle of the bench, I did it on one of the old Martin benches, which is like 45 degrees, you know, and, and, and not one that was all the way laid down. So I, I was pretty good in that lift. <clears throat> excuse me but uh then i would do like deadlifts because i couldn't do cleans 
couldn't do, and I do snatch high pulls, and then of course back squats. Couldn't front squat because of the elbow. Yeah, I, I would do the treadmill. You know, f- fact, I I did it more. You know, I had the right knee replaced. I had knee surgery on my right knee, and I'm not sure if they 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 nicked the uh, the nerve or something. But it, you know, my calves shrunk, and it could have been from when I had a back decompression on an L two three back in 2012. But I don't think so. But then when they did this last one in uh, 2016, they did a right knee replacement. The, uh, there's a nerve that goes down your leg. And uh, I, I get what they call flop foot, but then I've been able to you know, get rid of it by training and working out and walking. And, uh, but the, the, the calves shrunk like four inches. So it leads to some instability. So, uh, and then I got to get my left knee done. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like a, an analogy is you're a car and, you know, you drive a couple 300,000 miles and the tires go, the transmission goes, the fenders get dented. So I'm having a little replacement work done, you know, <laughs> have a, hopefully have a much second round. Yeah, I've already had to start all that. So I, I know the feeling. I had, I had surgery on my Achilles last year and very similar to you, like um, the calf shrank and then it's like the signal Oh my god! Yeah, the signal to the to the foot, but it it just doesn't seem to work how it did before. I sort of mentally, I want to do stuff, and the body's just telling me you can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's electrical impulse, yeah, yeah. So obviously, injuries put an end to the career, but you 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 stayed involved in strongman for a couple of years. You were the commissioner at World Strongest Man. Um, just just quickly, you know, because so, I know it's hard when you're an athlete, you're focused on winning. That's that's the goal. But was there any athletes kind of coming up? I mean, the likes of, obviously, you know, Don, Don Reinhardt was a great power lifter, particularly extremely strong. We had like Jeff Capes coming through, Bill Kazmaier. Oh, yeah, John- Capes, Capes, very capable. Uh, Jamie Reeves. No, I followed it. that Jamie Reeves. I don't know why I was just a big fan of his because I thought he, he uh, I mean, he seemed awfully strong, you know, 600 inch, I think, with no shirt. I mean, I, I, I consider the no shirt to be pretty, pretty good, 600. Yeah. Not too many people, you know, do it. And uh, he just seemed like he looked, he just looked stout. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he ever won it, but I know that he was, he was big on strong and stuff, but you know, I've been a fan of the British guys for years going back to Terry Pardue or Terry Purdue, whatever from Swansea. And I mean, I was a huge fan of his and I didn't even know the guy, you know, yeah. you know, and I heard he was a crook later and I'm steel guy, but you know, he had a steel scrap yard. But God, I like the idea that the guy could, you know, he could press and he went to the Olympics and he had the bench 568, I think, you know, no shirt or, you know, that, I mean, the guy was impressive and a guy named Kershaw. And then of course, uh, your buddy, Darth Vader, Dave yeah. Browse, he came and stayed at uh, my mom and dad's house when he was over in the States and spent a couple, three days with us in San Francisco and uh, interesting guy. And I stayed in touch with him. Shame he died. Uh, yeah. but he was a wild guy away from home. I don't know how he was at home, but he was definitely I'm, wild. I'm sure a lot of the guys were wild at certain times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if uh, I, I I followed a lot of it, they now I, like I saw this this uh, like I kind of got reinterested in it when my son was who who's, who was also kind of Olympic lifter. He was trying to make the team. He's kind of stepping in my shoes but he told told me they're pretty big shoes he's having a few problems with they are big shoes to fit he was about three 
And, and he, he was actually doing well, and then he had wrist surgery, and he waited too long. And then because of that, it kind of bothered the shoulder. And, and then with uh, the COVID and the cancel of the Olympics and all this crap about drug testing, and you got to lift in four out of six meets. It's impossible to do a peak performance sure. you know, in uh, six meets in a period of a year. It do- doesn't work. No, you, no particularly for Olympic weightlifting. They've, they've, they've basically ruined Olympic lifting. You know, it, the thing is, you know, because drugs is a strange thing. You know, everyone thinks you take a little deck or anadrol or whatever, it's going to make you into Superman. It doesn't do anything. You yeah. got to train hard. You got to be gifted. You know, and the thing is, the, you, drugs were not illegal. They called them uh, performance enhancers. Yeah. They weren't illegal. Uh, until 1976, uh, I was tested. And I thought, what, what are they, what's, what's going on here? And then, of course, then we get into 78, and then they start really talking. Why well, said if they're, if they, and then they said the steroids don't do anything, then why, why are we testing for it? And then 80 comes and 83 Caracas, and the guy's lives were ruined. You know, Jeff, uh, I can't remember his last name, the guy that was a 242 pounder got caught. He got busted and he was really on his way up. And uh, it, it's just to me, you know, because I was anti-drug until I realized that, you know, this is just a fact of life. It's out there. And uh, I mean, they've, they've been testing for amphetamines, guys at the 60 Olympics. So my, my feeling is, and, I, and I, I have really strong feelings about it, when I see him going back and taking these medals from these guys from the Olympics that lifted eight, 12 years before, you know, I think about that. You can imagine. Yeah. And I'm thinking, where do they get off with this sophisticated test? Because they passed the test that day in Athens. They passed it in uh, China in 2008. I mean, my question is, if we're doing all this stuff, then what happens Sao Paulo, Brazil? You know, there wasn't one super heavyweight disqualified, not one. Yeah. You wonder what's going on. So I say, just let the sportsmen be sports, you know. You see, you, you, you know, football. I mean, is this a satisfied the public? It's ridiculous. Yeah. You, you'd, ra- you'd rather just see the, the biggest, best guys winning. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, do people – let me ask you this. Do people go to see a uh, 132-pounder, 148-pounder clean and jerk 400? Do they go to see a 350-pound monster clean and jerk 600? Yeah, um, I think if you go to the super heavyweight competitions, everyone's in there. Everyone wants to see the big guy. Nothing against the little guys. There's, uh, the, the, there's some incredible, but, uh, incredible smaller athletes out there, but everybody wants to see the biggest, the, the biggest, freakiest, weights lifted and biggest, crazy, freakiest athletes. Yeah. It's, um, but nothing like a 600-pound jerk, huh? <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting closer. <laughs> you yeah, think? Well, it'll happen. Just think about it. The guy, uh, Leonard Taranenko, back in 89, did uh, 587 or 588 down in Australia at the Sam Boys Tournament. Yeah. And that's 89, 99, 2019, 32 years. Crazy. 33 years. They haven't broken that record. And, of course, that's not the official one, even was they took they changed all the records changed, changed the, the weight, weight classes record. didn't they yeah i mean it's crazy yeah, yeah it's, that's ridiculous uh, stupid uh, it's dumb 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a proponent of having it. I'm saying it should be an open competition. Just uh, yeah, I guess it was. What was the reasoning that they changed the weight classes in weightlifting? Well, it's easy because then it's all new world records. Those were drug records that were sure. done. But then they keep having to change the weight categories because they find those athletes were taking drugs too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's like you you, you got to tie the hand behind the back when you got caught in the cookie jar, right? The right hand. <laughs> so then you got to back. And guess what? You use the left hand, right? <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's funny. Yeah. It Just before I let you go, we'll go back to, to World Strongest. How many years did you stay involved with Strongman for after competing? After competing, just, I think, three or four years. Because then they moved it offshore, you know, because of the lawsuit with a Franco Colombo when he blew his knee out. That's what really stopped it from being in the States, you know. Then it, it really kind of went overseas, you know, an injunction, you know, to pay, you know. And so I, I think that was what really, really messed it up because it was. Uh, but I, I heard it's coming back to California in it uh, is. Sacramento. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm, I'll go up and see it. I love to see I think it's, is it this summer? It's 21? June. Yeah, in June. I think it, I think it would be cool to see some of the the kind of older le legends of the sport come and support the new guys. You coming over for it? Depends yeah, I just on. Like to go watch. I like. I you know when you're a fan of strength, you're a fan of any kind of strength. Uh, I, rocks. I agree. I'm the same. I like weightlifting, powerlifting, arm wrestling, strongman, all, all those sports. Uh, you know, wrestling or anything that involves strength and power. I'm always you know a fan of, and I think I think we always will be as well. It's oh, just yeah. kind of ingrained, like you say. You're still lifting now, so I love it. The, the, the Thank you. signal hasn't been perfect, so I'm going to just um, check a few things. But it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming on. And you can always uh, get a hold of me. You can always get a hold of me, no problem. Well, if I'm I, easy. I'm not like anywhere. Yeah, I, hopefully right. I'll, I'll get over to the States at, at some point later this year, and, and maybe I can see you in person. Oh, hell yeah. Well, if you get anywhere within 1,500 miles, I'm available. Excellent. Have car will travel. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. Talking Strongman with the first ever winner of the World's Strongest Man, Mr. Bruce Wilhelm. Thank you, Bruce. Take care. Well, stay just stay in touch. I will do. All the best. While you're here, guys, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of my awesome strength content. <laughs>